Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, here to bring more chilling tales of terror. I hope you're having a wonderful October. It's Halloween time. Ooh, my favorite time of the year almost, besides Christmas. Uh, I spend the month enjoying horror movies up until Halloween. I like watching all the Friday the 13th movies, the Halloween series movies, and Poltergeist movies, all, you know, just a whole bunch of mix of horror movies. So I hope you're enjoying that as well during this festive fall festive season of jack-o'-lanterns and scarecrows and various assortment of creepy things out there. I've got my decorations up, a big headless horseman inflatable and a giant, a giant jack-o'-lantern inflatable, as well as jack-o'-lanterns dotting the inside of my house here. (laughs) I think every room just about has a jack-o'-lantern. So I hope you're having a good time as well. And while we're on the subject of creepiness, be sure to check out my website, myhaunteddolls.com, and shop, shop, shop. Get yourself a good ghost story book out there. I've got one called The Legends of Indian Narrows, Ghostly Childhood Memoirs. It tells the stories of my old childhood neighborhood where I grew up, and the ghostly tales and legends that first inspired me to delve deeper into the world of the supernatural including my own creepy experiences in my childhood home. So be sure to check that out in paperback. You can get an autographed copy at myhaunteddolls.com or if you like to shop Amazon or Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, it's out there online. Also, a big treat for you, it's also available on audiobook and it's narrated by me, yours truly. So if you like Audible or iTunes... Uh, Go out there and find The Legends of Indian Narrows, narrated by me, and enjoy hearing me tell the creepy stories. Speaking of telling creepy stories, let's go ahead and get this show on the roll. We are going to start out with a creepy legend I first heard in my childhood. No, it wasn't one of my neighborhood creepy stories, but it is one in the southern folklore genre. And since I grew up here in the southeast of the USA, I heard this story as a child, and now I'm going to repeat it for you. It's called Bloody Bones. The ghost story of Bloody Bones began as a nursery rhyme for children in Ireland and Scotland hundreds of years ago. Tommy Rawhead and Bloody Bones were two boogeymen who would kidnap children who misbehaved. At first, they haunted wells, the kind of wells in the ground where water was obtained, ponds and other bodies of water, but then they moved inside the house and lived under sinks and drains. The rhyme went something like this. Raw head and bloody bones 
stills naughty children from their homes, takes them to his dirty den, and they are never seen again. There was no real story associated with it. If children were acting up, their parents would just say, Watch out, our bloody bones will come get you. Bloody Bones was a dreadful, crouching creature with blood running down his face. He sat waiting on a pile of raw bones, the bones of the children who told lies or said bad words. As time went by, it turned into a simple story about a ghostly skeleton that creeps up the stairs saying, I'm on the first step. I'm on the second step. Later, the tale migrated to America and became an African-American folklore about a mean little boy named Little Eight John who never listened to his mother. He squashed frogs, climbed trees, and sat backwards on chairs. His mother told him to stop doing all of this or bloody bones would come and get him. But of course, he didn't pay any attention to her. One night, bloody bones came and ate little eight John, leaving just a bloody stain on the kitchen table. The next morning, his mother was cleaning the house, and she wiped up the stain, and that was the end of Little Eight John. Eventually, the story migrated to the Ozarks, and became an Appalachian folktale about an old witch who brings a dead hog back to life. Way back in the Ozark Mountains, nestled in a hollow, deep within the woods, there was a little old house. In that house, there lived an ugly, scrawny old woman with a hooked nose and crossed eyes. She had a reputation for being the best conjuring woman in the area. Her house was full of herbs and roots and bottles filled with conjuring medicine. The walls were lined with strange books brimming with magical spells. She had only one friend, a mean, tough old razorback hog that ran wild around her place. The hog rooted through her garbage and ate all her roots, potions, and leftover spells. Some folks say it ate so much that it could walk upright and talk just like a man. That's what some folks say. One fellow claimed he'd seen the pig sitting in the rocker on old Betty's porch, chattering away to her while she stewed up some potions in the kitchen. But everyone discounted that story on account of the fellow who told it was a little too fond of moonshine. Rawhead, 
was the name old Betty gave the Razorback, referring maybe to the way the ugly creature looked a bit like some of the dead pigs come butchering time down in Hogscald Hollow. The Razorback didn't mind the funny name. Rawhead kept following old Betty around her little cabin and rooting up the kitchen leftovers. He'd even walked to town with her when she came to the local mercantile to sell her home remedies. Well, folks in town got so used to seeing Rawhead and old Betty around the town that it looked mighty strange one day around hog driving time when old Betty came to the mercantile without him. Where, where's Rawhead? the owner asked as he accepted her basket full of home remedy potions. The liquid in the bottle swished in an adjutant manner as old Betty said, I ain't seen him round today and I'm mighty worried. Have you seen him here in town? Nobody's seen him around today. They would have told me if they did, the mercantile owner said. We'll keep a lookout for you. That's mighty kind of you. If you see him, tell him to come home straight away. Old Betty said. The mercantile owner nodded agreement as he handed over her weekly pay. Old Betty fussed to herself all the way home. It wasn't like Rawhead to disappear. Especially not the day they went to town. The man at the mercantile always saved the best scraps for the mean old Razorback, and Rawhead never missed a visit. When the old conjuring woman got home, she mixed up a potion and poured it into a flat plate. Where's that old hog got to? she asked the liquid. It clouded over, and then a series of pictures formed. First, old Betty saw the good-for-nothing hunter that lived on the next ridge, sneaking around the forest, rounding up razorback hogs that did not belong to him. One of the hogs was Rawhead. Then she saw him taking the hogs down to Hogscald Hollow, where folks from the next town were slaughtering their razorbacks. Then she saw her hog, Rawhead, slaughtered with the rest of the pigs and hung up for gutting. The final picture in the liquid was the pile of bloody bones that had once been her hog and his scraped clean head lying with the other hog's heads in a pile. Old Betty was infuriated by the death of her only friend. It was murder to her, plain and simple. Everyone in three counties knew that Rawhead was her friend and that lazy, hog-stealing, good-for-nothing hunter on the ridge was going to pay for slaughtering him. 
Now, old Betty tried to practice white conjuring most of the time, but she knew the dark secrets, too. She pulled out an old secret book her granny had given her and turned to the very last page. She lit several candles and put them around the plate containing the liquid picture of raw head and his bloody bones. Then she began to chant, Raw head and bloody bones, raw head and bloody bones. The light from the windows disappeared as if the sun had been snuffed out like a candle. Dark clouds billowed into the clearing where old Betty's cabin stood, and the howl of dark spirits could be heard in the wind that pummeled the treetops. Raw head and bloody bones! Raw head and bloody bones! Betty continued the chant until a bolt of silver lightning left the plate and streaked out through the window, heading in the direction of Hog Scald Hollow. When the silver light struck Raw Head's severed head, which was piled on the hunter's wagon with the other hog heads. It tumbled to the ground and rolled until it was touching the bloody bones that had once inhabited its body. As the hunter's wagon rumbled away toward the ridge where he lived, the enchanted raw head called out, "'Bloody bones, get up and dance!' Immediately the bloody bones reassembled themselves into the skeleton of a razorback hog walking upright, as Rawhead had often done when he was alone with old Betty. The head hopped on top of his skeleton, and Rawhead went searching through the woods for weapons to use against the hunter. He borrowed the sharp teeth of a dying panther, the claws of a long-dead bear, and the tail from a rotting raccoon, and put them over his skinned head and bloody bones. The raw head headed up the track toward the ridge, looking for the hunter who had slaughtered him. Raw head slipped past the thief on the road and slid into the barn, where the hunter kept his horse and wagon. Rawhead climbed up into the loft and waited for the hunter to come home. It was dusk when the hunter drove into the barn and unhitched his horse. The horse snorted in fear, sensing the presence of Rawhead in the loft. Wondering what was disturbing his usually calm horse, the hunter looked around and saw a large pair of eyes staring down at him from the darkness in the loft. The hunter frowned, thinking it was one of the local kids fooling around in his barn. Land Goshen, what have you got those big eyes for? he snapped, thinking the kids were trying to scare him with some crazy mask. To see your grave, Rawhead rumbled very softly. 
The hunter snorted irritably and put his horse into the stall. Very funny, ha-ha, the hunter said. When he came out of the stall, he saw Rawhead had crept forward a bit further. Now his luminous yellow eyes and his bare claws could clearly be seen. Land of Goshen, where have you got those big claws fur, he snapped. You look ridiculous. To dig your grave, Rawhead intoned softly, his voice a deep rumble that raised the hairs on the back of the hunter's neck. He stirred uneasily, not sure how the crazy kid in his loft could have made such a scary sound, if it really was a kid. Feeling a little spooked now, he, turned, he hurried to the door and let himself out of the barn. Rawhead slipped out of the loft and climbed down the side of the barn behind him. With nary a rustle to reveal his presence, Rawhead raced through the trees and up the path to a large moonlit rock. He hid in the shadows of the huge stones so that the only thing showing were his gleaming yellow eyes his bare claws, and his raccoon tail. When the hunter came level with the rock on the side of the path, he gave a startled yelp. Staring at Rawhead, he gasped, You nearly knocked the heart right out of me, you crazy kid. Land of Goshen, what have you got that crazy tail for? To sweep your grave, Rawhead boomed his enchanted voice echoing through the woods, getting louder and louder with each echo. The hunter took to his heels and ran for his cabin. He raced past the old well house, past the woodpile over the rotting fence, and into his yard. But Rawhead was faster. When the hunter reached his porch, Rawhead leapt from the shadows and loomed above him. The hunter stared in terror up at Rawhead's gleaming yellow eyes and the ugly razorback hog's head, his bloody bone skeleton with its long bare claws, sweeping raccoon's tail, and his gleaming sharp panther teeth. What have you got those big teeth for? he gasped desperately, stumbling backwards from the terrible figure before him. To eat you up, like you wanted to eat me, Rawhead roared, descending upon the good-for-nothing hunter. The murdering thief gave one long scream in the moonlight. Then there was silence and the sound of crunching. Nothing more was ever seen or heard of the lazy hunter who lived on the ridge. His horse also disappeared that night. But sometimes, folks would see Rawhead roaming through the forest in the company of his friend, Old Betty. And once a month, on the night of the full moon, Rawhead would ride the hunter's horse through town, 
wearing the old man's blue overalls over his bloody bones, with a hole cut out for his raccoon tail. In his bloody, bare-clawed hands, he carried his raw, razorback hog's head, lifting it high against the full moon for everyone to see. Boys and girls, this Halloween night, there will be a full moon. And if the sky is clear and the moon shines bright, beware the sound of the galloping horses' hooves and run home, lock your doors, and don't dare look outside for bloody bones. Just might get you. <laughs> that is a really good story. Kind of twisted, but really good, especially for Halloween time. And I really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did the first time I heard it. All right, we have time for one more story for this pook, this uh, pooky, spooky, not pooky, <laughs> this spooky Halloween season. So I'm going to go ahead and provide you with one more story to chill your marrow. This one is a terrifying and gruesome story about murder, and it's called the sickle. A married couple lived in a small house in Japan with their son and daughter. The son was very angry with his sister and wanted to play a really nasty prank on her. He decided that he would secretly videotape her on the toilet and then post the video online. He wanted to humiliate his sister in front of her friends. The boy hid a video camera under a towel in the bathroom. Minutes later, his sister went to the bathroom and locked the door behind her. She never came out again. Her mother started to wonder what was taking her daughter so long. She banged on the bathroom door and called out the girl's name, but got no reply. Worried, she told her husband, and eventually they managed to force the door open. What they found inside the bathroom filled them with terror. Their daughter was lying in a pool of blood on the tiled floor. She had been stabbed to death. Her face was so sliced up that she was unrecognizable and her tongue had been cut off. There was a bloody sickle lying on the floor beside her. The police were called immediately, and they came to investigate the scene. Inspecting the bathroom, they found that it posed a mystery. The door had been locked from the inside, the window was securely latched, and the bathroom was so small that nobody could have been hiding inside, lying in wait for the girl. So how was she murdered? 
The police saw that the only possible entrance was a small vent in the wall that measured only ten inches by ten inches. Nobody could have fit through such a small space. The police were absolutely stumped. They could not figure out how anyone would have gotten inside to kill the girl. The police carefully dusted the sickle for fingerprints, but unfortunately they found none. At this point, they felt that the case would never be solved. They questioned the mother and father, but when it came time to question the son, he was nowhere to be found. They searched the house and eventually found him curled up in a wardrobe. His eyes were wild and he was sobbing uncontrollably. His hands were shaking violently. They noticed that he was holding a video camera. Unable to question him, the police decided to review the videotape. What they saw in the footage would terrify them for years to come. They pressed play on the video camera and the screen showed the young girl sitting on the toilet. When she finished and stood up, the police noticed some movement in the small vent behind the toilet. A tiny figure emerged noiselessly from the vent. It was carrying a sickle. The policemen could hardly believe what they were seeing. The figure measured only six inches in height. It jumped onto the girl's back, and before she had a chance to scream, it sliced open her throat with the sickle. Then it began stabbing the girl until she was dead. But the horror was not over. The tiny figure sliced up the girl's face and cut out her tongue. Afterwards, the figure approached the video camera. Its face was that of a gnarled and wrinkled old woman. It looked directly into the lens and hissed, You're next. Then, the tiny figure disappeared back through the small vent, carrying the girl's severed tongue. After watching the videotape, the police officers wiped tears from their eyes. Some vomited on the floor, and one even lost control of his faculties and pooped his pants out of sheer terror. Today, the case remains unsolved, and the tiny woman has never been identified. Who was she? What was she? The videotape still exists, but the police refuse to release it to the public. It sits in an evidence locker at the police station. The police call this case the Sickle Mystery and refuse to this day to discuss it with the media.
Now that's a creepy little tiny terror there. I hope you enjoyed that nasty little tale of the sickle. In case you don't know what a sickle is, of course you can Google it, but it's a handheld hook, big hook. Kind of reminds me of a, a smaller version of a scythe that they used to cut wheat with. But yeah. it's a creepy looking little thing. Alright, boys and girls, that's going to be time for me. But before I go, I just want to ask you to, once again, check out MyHauntedDolls.com. Visit the links page, and you can find the link to my YouTube channel, where I share videos of EVPs and evidence of my haunted items that I keep in my home, and the stories behind some of them, as well as some of my adventures in other places. And also, be sure to, if you can, if you'd like to help us out to hear better episodes of this show or see more episodes of the YouTube channel, become a Patreon today and donate either one time or become a subscribe donator. Patreon.com forward slash My Haunted Dolls. So be sure to check that out as well. All right, boys and girls, it's time for me to go, but I shall return once more before or by Halloween, just to share a few more chills before that witching season ends. But until then, be sure to keep those doors locked and at least one light on if you're not too, if you're too afraid of the dark and can tolerate it. But don't get too scared because I do want you to have. A happy hunting. <laughs> 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 <laughs>